3: Is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is where sports talk gets real.
3: That word, playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now, here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
3: Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio, 810 WHB in Kansas City. Life has changed and it is changing by the day, by the hour. You know, I've been on the radio for 29 years in Kansas City. Our show is now on in a number of cities around the country. Show's rebroadcast later in the week after I do this show. We're on in 11 cities now. And I've been privileged to talk with you, share with you, discuss with you life in the world of sports. How we deal with adversity, how we deal with winning and losing, confidence, self-esteem mindsets, sportsmanship, how we deal with these insane parents on the sidelines, coaches who go crazy, how you deal with life as an athlete, as a coach, as a fan, as an official. I've been in practice as a psychologist in Kansas City for 39 years. I have been privileged to work with people all over the country, the Olympic team, professional teams, college teams, high school athletes, youth athletes. If you listen to this show, you know I co-authored a book with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone called Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes for Youth Sports. This show is here, and it is rebroadcast, as I said, throughout the country later in the week. It's podcasted, and I will tell you, our podcasts are being listened to more and more. As of the other day, in the last 12 months, I've had 64,000 times my podcasts have been replayed, and I'm honored that people are listening to this show. Well, today, now, I think our show maybe one of the most important shows we've ever done. Because this is about life now, ladies and gentlemen. We're all in a struggle. We're all in a time we've never been in before. We're all dealing with this. I'm dealing with it, you're dealing with it. And quite frankly, for a lot of people, it's hell. You've lost your jobs, you've lost your income, you've lost your friendships with people, you can't be around them. I'm in Kansas City, as I said, and on Tuesday, in two days, There'll be a shutdown here of this city, of this entire metropolitan community. Stay at home. So socializing is gone, unless you're ten you know, ten people or less and six feet away. People are scared. People are afraid. And, you know, we, we hear all this political stuff going on, which makes me sick because I'm tired of politics. I'm tired of all this sniping and fighting that these politicians do. Sounds like now they're finally starting to agree on some things because it's about the future of our country. And I'm sick and tired of selfish leadership. It's time that people came together. I'm sick and tired of people who are only interested in money. Not that we shouldn't be because we all are, but it's about life, it's about people. And now it's time to talk about it. So today I have two guests with me, one in studio and one on the phone. And I wanna take your calls too. Because we're going to talk about how you're coping, how you're dealing with this. And if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, if you're a coach, if you're a person, which we all are, people, how are you handling this? Joining me in studio is a good friend. His name's Brad Sweeten. He's the athletic director at Center High School here in Kansas City. He has over 20 years of experience working in the world of administration, coaching athletic direct, as an athletic director. And on the phone is psychotherapist Emily Towner who's been working for years, and I thought we would have both of them comment on how we we can deal with this. I've got my own opinions, but I want to hear from them, get their thoughts. Brad's going to start off here talking about his school and just how did he handle all this? How are all the kids handling it? I mean, you've got kids in their senior year of high school looking forward to these spring sports, and they're gone, gone, over. And Emily's going to talk about the effect it's got on families and on people. So, Brad, let's start with you thanks for coming in this morning. I appreciate it. As you said, you're up early every day anyway. So tell me, how are you handling this yourself, first of all, as an athletic director?
1: Well, just the isolation of being at home is a challenge in itself. And that's what um, our coaches and our kids and our teachers, um, all of our staff uh, in in schools right now are going through.
3: Well, you know, I'm hearing Alice Cooper's song, School's Out for Summer, being played, and it's March. Okay, so it's out. And, you know, we're hearing it may get started back again. There may be online learning. I don't know how many kids are really going to do that. How can you prove they're doing it? That's, that's a whole other thing. But for all these coaches, let's start with the coaches and the faculty. These are people you know, you work with every day. Is everyone getting paid? Let, let me ask you that question. Are people going to get paid through the end of the year, or is, there, they, it's, is their pay being cut off?
1: Right now, at least our district has said that uh, people would get paid through the end of the year.
3: Okay, so there's that that there's security. Reassurance
1: there, yes. That's got to
3: make people feel good. And, of course, we don't know how long this is going to last. Hopefully, the government has finally gotten their act together and, and doing the things that need to be done. And these health care providers, who many are my close friends, they're scared. They're out there. I, I talked to my neighbor yesterday. She's bringing. She sewed masks for her ex-husband. Her ex-husband, because he's scared. He's an emergency room doctor. He's scared. So she she sews all the time. So she was bringing a whole bag of masks over to his house. So people are 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 the people in your school scared that you're talking to?
1: Um, more um, scared of the unknown than anything else. Right. Right. Because. We just, I mean, with things changing every day, with every every hour, then you just don't know what's going to come next.
3: So, Emily, let me get you involved in this conversation. We've known each other a long time. You work with all kinds of people. What is the message you're hearing from, from, from parents and kids today? But,
4: but I'm going to kind of say the same thing. It's just that fear of the unknown, but almost, in a sense, a... This happened so quickly, and it came on so quickly. And I think watching it on TV, you and I had multiple conversations about it and things like that, and then people kind of go into that predicting phase, which is kind of scary. Worst case scenario to, oh, it's not going to be around us or whatever, but because the impact was so large and it happened so fast, I think, you know, from my experience professionally last week, it was more of people kind of catching their breath, just starting, you know, mandated staying home as of last Monday. A lot of organizations around here are, are
3: companies. Um, right, and you, and you and I are now going to be doing sessions on the <coughs> sessions on the phone or FaceTiming with all our clients because our office is being shut down. So we have to do that. Yeah. And, and of course, I, I do that a lot with, with a lot of the athletes I work with anyway. But that's not hard either. Be, that's not easy either because you, you can't have that face-to-face contact if you're not FaceTiming them.
4: No, and it's completely different. I had a day of it, a full work day of it of being on the phone and completely different experience in a therapeutic sense. It was it's just a new as the th- words getting thrown around. It's a new normal for right now.
3: So I'd like to open up our phone lines. And we want to hear from you. Brad Sweeten's in studio, Emily Towner is on the phone, psychotherapist Emily Towner, athletic director Brad Sweeton. Are you struggling? with what's going on right now how are you handling it how are you coping if you're an athlete if you're a coach if you're a parent you're a teacher how are you handling the situation right now
0: this is the sports psychology hour
3: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization Dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports.
0: If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
5: Visit www.fda.gov slash drugdisposal.
6: Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin. UVB rays burn. And both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equals healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov/sunscreen for more information. A
5: message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When Dad injured his back basketball star Torres ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal.
3: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. Our show is rebroadcast around the country, a number of cities throughout the week. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and joining me in studio today is Brad Sweeten, athletic director at Center High School in Kansas City. And on the phone is Emily Towner, a psychotherapist. And we're talking about life today, how we're dealing with what's going on with this coronavirus. How are you handling things? We're going to go to the phones we have our first call in the morning. Let's see what Dan has to say. Dan, you're on the air, go ahead. Dan, are you there? We'll try one more time. Dan, are you there? Hello? Yes, you're on the air, go ahead, sir. Okay,
2: yeah, I have a 12 year old granddaughter uh, who lives with me. Um, softball is our sport, so we're not, we're, you know, practice should be starting soon, not really sure about that, but the question I have is about how do we strike a balance between making her aware of the danger of what's around us and not scaring her to death. Um, we we've so far seen that, that uh, she's still wanting to just hang out with friends and uh, pretty much do things normally. And we, we've been trying to Get across to her just how serious this is, but don't want her just to be terrified either.
3: Sure, you know, let's let's have Emily comment on this, Dan, and, and see what she tells you and then we'll we'll okay. go from there. Go ahead, Emily.
2: Okay,
4: he was breaking up. Can he repeat the last Well, I'll
3: tell you what he said what he said is his daughter is twelve, she's a softball player. And how how can he discuss all this stuff to her without basically freaking her out is is the way I interpreted that, right, Dan? Yes.
4: You know, here's the bottom line. is I, I think she's old enough to hear the truth of the matter because the bottom line is the coronavirus, it's here, and it's not going away. just like the flu or throat or things like that, but reassuring her that as a country and the medical profession and things like that is that the way it is now is not how it's going to be and how it's going to be treated forever. There will be medical advances and things like that. But being honest with her about it, and clearly there's gonna be a lot of information that she's getting from friends and that they're hearing in the gossip chain and all of that, but more so just fact-checking her and giving her the reassurance that even though this is here, that doesn't mean it's
2: always going to be like this.
3: And if I, if I may, Dan, I think yes. it's important that you tell her how you're feeling, okay? Are, are okay. you raising her alone or your, your wife with you or? My,
2: my wife and I.
3: Okay, um, well that's wonderful that you're taking care of your granddaughter. I, I, I would share with her your feelings. And tell right. her, look, you know, that's scary. we're scared, you're scared, we're all scared, but we're going to get through this together. We love each other, we care about each other. I mean, Brad, you you send out emails every day about love with that's your right. students. So what would you suggest to this, this man about his, his daughter, his uh, granddaughter?
1: There's nothing uh, stronger for to a kid than a reassuring adult, because um, they're not going to ever understand all the circumstances. And it's up to that adult to um, uh, help them understand the best they can and uh, to reassure that they're loved and be taken care of.
3: So I think, Dan, the big thing I'm hearing from both Emily and, and Brad is communicate with her, share with her how you feel, let her know that you're there, you and your, your wife support her, you're there, and that we're all learning about this, but that it's 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 something you can grow from and get better from, even as, even as scary as it is, it, because you care about each other and love each other. Thank you very much. Listen, sir. Good luck, and let us know how things go. Okay. Okay. Thank. Okay. Bye bye. All right. That frees up our lines here. So I'd like to hear from you. If you are a parent, you're a grandparent, you're a coach, you're an athlete. How are you handling all this? How are you? How are you? If you're, if you're, you no. Know, last week we had an eleven. Last week we had an eleven-year-old gymnast call the show. We had calls from Chicago and New Jersey last week. So I'd like to hear from you. How are you handling this? How are you getting by? What are you telling your kids? So, Emily, to get back to what you were saying, it's a scary time for all of us. So I think it's important, mm-hmm. right, that, that you let your your kids know, you know, it is scary, but we're going to get through it. I think that support's important, right?
4: Absolutely. And I think also, I mean, given their ages and things like that, you want to not put it all out there, but you do – They this will be a part of their reality for the rest of their lives in many ways and then you know the previous caller's granddaughter she's at an age that i mean my her brain is just absorbing and wanting to know more and like i said the social interaction piece, unfortunately at her age is going to be so crucial so under understanding as to why she can't do the things that a quote-unquote normal twelve-year-old would be doing in terms of from the social distancing to you know, asymptomatic people and things like that, but in time reassuring her that that this will be, you know, hopefully a vaccination sooner than later and things like that.
3: Okay, uh, Br- Brad, when we talk about fear in sports, what is that?
1: Um, fear in sports, I believe, is um, fear of the unknown because I believe that you play in games as you practice. So you try to put, coaches try to put kids or athletes in situations and practices that they're going to be in a game. Now we don't have any um, way to know what's going to happen next. It's hard to put people in different situations with this.
3: You know, we're hearing from the government, and, from, and, and I pay attention to the doctors, the, the, the health administrators, not the politicians on this, because they're the ones who know, that you know, it is a dangerous situation, but most of us will get through this and most of us are going to be fine. Um, but we need to be careful. You know, I'm 65, so my sons are worried about me because I've shared on here, I have, I have genetically, I have diabetes, so I have to be careful. It's totally under control, but I've got to be careful about what I'm doing. I work out every day, take care of myself, but still, I'm older. I'm in that, that age generation. As Emily will point out, I'm older because um, she knows me pretty well. But you've got fear now fear in kids that they wouldn't have had before because they're hearing all this stuff on TV on the news on the internet about death so Emily what, what what do you say to kids about that because that's let's face it 12 10 11 12 year olds aren't usually dealing with death very much except maybe a you know maybe a, a grandparent or unfortunately somebody they know but how do you how do you communicate that to these kids to, to not be so scared of that
4: I think you give them the information and, and let them know Keep them aware of what's going on medically, being able to trust the medical experts. you know I think part of this is is because it's you know medical knowledge isn't necessarily common knowledge, is truly trusting them and and extinguishing that fear. And the fear of the unknown is, I mean, we can all relate to that and explain that to the kids as well, just more so reiterating things are being done right now in the present moment and bringing them back to that present moment as with any kind of anxiety to face that fear because really what we are doing is we're facing the uncertainty as we speak.
3: Brad have you had any buddy at center that you've talked to who's who's expressed their fear they're they're scared? Uh,
1: not in so many words but kids just don't understand. Um, I, I had said something to you earlier about under, they understand if school's canceled because of a snow day or um, the water main breaks and all of that. They, they understand that. But here, here's something we can't see, we can't touch, we can't uh, understand. And um, uh, where do you go from there?
3: So what do you say to them? Uh, you you uh, send out – and I want, to, I want to tell everyone, you send out an email every day to the entire center population. And I get, you send, very not, gracefully send them to me. And these emails talk about love. They talk about caring. You, you, you care about people. So I'm sure you communicate that to them, right?
1: Yes, sir. We do, um, every day I talk to kids, either through um, messages, text messages, or they call me on the phone. And you reassure kids that how much you love them and how much you are there for them and they're not in this alone. And um, try to be try to be rolling with
3: that. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. But we're talking about life today. Joining me in studio is Brad Sweeten, athletic director at Center High School in Kansas City. On the phone is Emily Towner, psychotherapist here in Kansas City. We're talking about how to deal with our life today. This is more than sports, it's about life. I'd like to hear from you, you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent, you're a human being. How are you coping? How are you dealing with this?
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
3: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports if you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio that's winnersunlimited.com slash radio doing your best having fun and becoming a winner the sportsmanship foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio
7: Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble.
5: brought to you by common ground alliance
6: if you suffer from copd symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue where do you turn there are medications and oxygen but do you know about pulmonary rehab three out of five copd patients have never heard of it pulmonary rehab is an exercise education and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition and medicare typically pays for it so whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room pulmonary rehab can help you Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today.
1: Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse.
3: Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. This is the sports psychology hour, but we're, we're not talking about sports psychology today. We're talking about life in light of the scenario with the coronavirus that is affecting the world. And I wanna hear from you. If you are struggling with this, I'd like to get you on the line. My, I have Brad Sweeten in studio, athletic director at Central High School. On the phone is Emily Towner, a psychotherapist here in Kansas City. And Brad's been on with me before. Emily has been on also. The show and our number is 913 and and you know brad we were talking during the, the commercial break there this is more than just about sports it's about life it's about education as well i mean people have to do de- kids have to deal with all this stuff now it's, it's this this is a you know and a lot of people don't want to hear it but it is a learning experience for people
1: very much so kids are very resilient but um also, the support of the school community means so much, because it's more—it's more than just—it's more than just, it's more than just um, athletics that we're at school for, or even academics. Um, the school has um, nurses, counselors, you know, food service, um, caring adults, and the kids come for friendship too, and um, that makes a well-rounded kid.
3: So socialization is changing.
1: Very much so. Everybody thought that social media is so important. I think we're finding out that the face-to-face interaction with people um, is more important.
3: But thankfully, we do have social media, because where would we be without that right now? That's a, that's the main way people communicate these days. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's see what Dan has to say. Dan, good morning. You're on with Dr. Jacobs, Brad, and Emily. How are you?
2: Good morning. Um, I, was, uh, I just happened to skip... A- Across some stations and I heard the topic and, um, I wanted to, uh, address this part of it. Um, you know, we've, uh, like you said earlier, you know, no one's experienced anything like this in their lifetimes. And, um, it's, uh, a brand new, uh, a brand new traumatizing event. And, um, It seems like in in history that, you know, when people have had traumatizing events, whether it was fighting for our freedoms of England back in 1776 and the founding of our country and the founding of our values and morals and and all that sort of thing, I think this is a time to turn to Jesus Christ.
3: Well, religion and faith is an important part of our life, and whatever your religion is, that can really help you, I think, to, to ground you. Emily, what would you like to say about that?
4: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I, th- I think if you look at it like this, you know, turning to whatever religious or higher power or anything, quote-unquote, more powerful than us, to keep us grounded is going to be just as significant as part of our social system and an anchor as it is checking in with friends and family and things like that. Yeah, Dan, um,
3: yeah, Dan, thank you for your call. I appreciate that. Yeah, and you know, he's bringing up a good point. I mean, I think having faith in your in yourself, in your, in your values, and in, in your religion can help you get through all this, and, and I think it's important to have the value system with yourself about I think about first of all right Brad you work with kids you work with teachers you work with coaches isn't it important to have that communication and and that honesty with everybody about what's going on and then to to, to believe in each other
1: yes sir you have to believe in um, the people around you Uh, that's what leadership does is put people in place that um, can deliver factual information and also deliver it in a caring loving way
3: you know we're dealing with something right now with with high school kids and, and college kids for that matter both and they're they're they, they've lost their season it's gone they're not going to get it back i know the ncaa has talked about maybe seniors being able to come back and compete again next year i doubt that a lot of them are going to want to do that although there will be some how do we help? How do we help kids? They've lost something they've been working for. It's been meaningful, so important to them. How do How do you explain that to them?
1: It is tough. We We have to also believe that um, um, high school athletics is not going to be the highlight of their life. Uh, high school athletics is also a um, vehicle to show them success, but. Um, uh, their highlight of their life to come later in life,
3: right? And they you know throughout. Can I chime uh, in about that? Yeah, go ahead, Emily.
4: I think that's a really great point to to keep that type of mantra and reality going for the kids in high school. Um, the few that I've been I've come in contact with over the last week, there was one in particular at the grocery store. He was working and checking people out, and he had just heard about the Kansas schools being canceled and he was beyond bummed and he talked about not having you know everything what he was losing from spring break to his um spring sport to his high school graduation and um as well as not being able to hang out with friends and I think if you can just reiterate that this is temporary and there are going to be other times because these are You know, for many people, a lot of times, you know, these are those monumental or rite of passage type of events that they are missing out on. So besides you take the medical piece of it, here you go with somebody whose world and what they know, because that's all they know. You know, they've been looking forward to it for X amount of years or maybe even just their senior year um, to know that, you know, looking at the bigger picture would be extremely helpful and all aspects but
3: for everybody we've uh, got we've got dan back on the line somehow we dropped in there dan go ahead
2: yes i uh i uh, didn't hear what your comments were after my last comment so i apologize for that i don't know how the line got dropped but um uh, i'm thinking that because this is such a, a a big event in everyone's life that that um That the Lord is trying to get people's attention. And um, I know that's not real popular today to say, but we have many athletes like Tim Tebow and different people who have professed their their Christianity and um, have been admired for it. And um, I think that, you know, I think this is a time to turn to God, to turn to your. You know, why is this happening? Is there is there a reason why the weather patterns have been the way they have been? Is there a reason why we've had all these meteors coming at the planet? You know, these near Earth meteors. And is there a reason why we've had floods all over the world? And, well I think and, I think
3: Dan, I think let's let's yeah, we can go off in that direction. I don't want to go that way right now. But but I, I get what you're saying. I, I think the important thing is to have, and what we were talking about when, when somehow the call got dropped, have faith in, in yourself, in your beliefs, whatever your belief is, whatever your religious religion is, whatever your faith is. But I think, to me, it's about family. I mean, to me, it's about family and, and, and communicating with the people you love, sharing how you feel, sharing your thoughts. I mean, Brad, Emily, what do you think about that? And, Dan, thanks for your call, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay.
1: I, I believe it is to fall back on that support system, whether that you talk about religion or whether you talk about uh, caring adults, your parents, your extended family. It's falling back on um, that extended family um, and support.
3: Emily, what do you think, real quick, before we go to a break
4: here? I agree I agree with that. Is It's keeping a normal when it comes to your social interaction and, and doing it now in a modified way is staying connected i mean it's easily to say oh i'm not going to check in on this person or whatever but the reality is now we all have to step up to the plate and we need each other more now than we ever have
3: good points i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs joining me in studio today is brad sweeten athletic director at center high school in kansas city on the phone is emily towner psychotherapist at kansas city both have been on with me before they make great comments i wanted to have them on in this very trying time. Let me hear from you. If you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent, you're frustrated, you're struggling right now, how are you getting by? Give us a call and let's talk.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
3: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports.
0: If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
2: Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse.
3: Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign.
6: Plus broad spectrum, equal healthy, fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
3: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. From our flagship station, Sports Radio 10 WHB, we're talking about life today and the changes we're going through, and in studio with me is Brad Sweetney, the athletic director at Center High School, and on the phone is Emily Towner, a psychotherapist here in Kansas City, and this last segment, and Emily, we'll start with you, what What would you tell people? And and, and let me give out our phone number again, 913 3810 if you'd like to, to join the conversation, and you're, you're stressed and frustrated with this whole situation. What, what would you tell people right now, especially parents who've got kids at home who can't play their sports, they can't, you know, they're on a team sport, they can't go play. Uh, you know, people can go on a run, people can go on walks, people can exercise, but they really can't socialize now. So what would you say to them as, a, as, a, as their therapist? I would say to trust the
4: process. And what I mean by that is, is, Understanding that our, the, the leaders, the, the city, the local schools, everybody is doing everything they can to implement and to help us get to a better place. And right now, the bottom line is, yeah, it sucks. And if anything is just stress in the process, whatever that process looks like, because we're all there. This isn't a personal thing. This isn't you know, a certain gender, a certain race, this is affecting everybody. So to ease that frustration is to, to trust the process and start to focus on the things that you have control over because right now we we don't have control over a lot when it comes to choices that we make and things like that in a, in a bigger way. But on the everyday, we do have a choice. Create a routine, keep things Do things that you enjoy. Make sure you do something you enjoy every day.
3: Brad, what would you suggest? I would suggest
1: uh, not losing touch with those adults um, at at schools or uh, wherever you have those relationships because um, those will carry you through either adult to adult, kid to adult. Um, I think that's important to keep those um, communication lines going.
3: So what you're both saying is speak, talk, communicate, share, express, right, Emily? I mean, isn't that's what this is about?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody, it's like I said, and, and you guys have already touched on it as well, this isn't just a, a conversation about people who are sick. This has changed our entor- our entire world. And right now, we're in this adjustment period that changes every day. So it's... Talking to people and communicating and sharing, you know, like you and I, have, you know, checked in with each other, you know, and, and sharing our own experiences and things like that, because no one experiences better than the other. It's just the idea keeping the norm of conversations going, socializing, maintaining what you already have.
3: See, if to me, t- to me, I, I think. One of the things that I, I, I believe very strongly that this entire scenario can ha- can be a positive for is sharing and communicating feelings. Talking with the people you're close to about how you feel. I mean, I think it's fine for parents to tell their kids they're scared. I think it's fine for adults to share with their kids, you know, they don't know what's going to happen. But, but you know, I think, and, and Brad, you talk about love all the time with your your faculty and the kids at your school let everybody know you care about them though let everybody know we're all in this together and, and, and it's fine you know when kids say they're scared it's fine for parents to say i'm scared too because we don't know but you know what we've got each other we're going to help each other through this i mean brad that's what you communicate to your school all the time all uh, the emails you send out is all about sharing things
1: yes sir it's about um, caring for each other you know the workplace is a very um, um, cold place if you can't uh, care about the people you work with and let them become your family
3: so one of the things that you you do it's at Center High School is you send out an email every day and tell tell everyone about those emails because you're still sending them out
1: well I cause I call it the positive coaching community And uh, that community has grown to over 500 people across the uh, United States um, because people hear about it and want to be part of something that's positive. And uh, every day we share quotes. People send me stuff that they would like to see in the positive coaching emails. And um, um, we talk about how much um, we care for each other, how much we love each other and appreciate
3: each other. So... Since you mentioned that, how can people get on your email list?
1: Well, my email is uh, b.sweeten at center.k12.mo.us. And uh, it's as simple as sending me an email and say, hey, include me in this.
3: Well, because I, I think your emails are great, and, and I know a lot of kids and adults at your school get a lot from that because it's about communication and sharing, and it's about letting people know that there's somebody there who cares about them.
1: It's also a way for me to stay in touch with my coaches. A coach that's out of season, you know, they're busy in their classroom. They're busy um, doing other things, and it, and if I reach out to them every day like that, it keeps me in touch with them.
3: Emily, what do you think about what he's doing there?
4: I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think it's it's one of the integral parts of getting through this is keeping the norm and the, and the the morale up. Because people will, there are people out there with your emails that look forward to reading them every day. It's just that daily reminder, otherwise out of sight, out of mind, and then their brains start to play tricks on us, and then, you know, all this this negative and sadness will start to seep in. But if you have that small thing to hold on to, again, it would be another anchor for them, which is awesome. I appreciate that you do that.
3: You know... I, I wake up every day, fortunately, as, as we all do, and I look forward to what's what's coming on, what I'm gonna be doing. Of course, I've got three dogs in my house, so they're all excited to see me every morning because they wanna eat and go out. They always have a happy, <laughs> they're always happy when they get up. Um, okay. it's, it's, it's hard to be happy right now because there's so much unknown, but I think if we can spend time, I think, you know, as, as therapists, you and I, Emily, talk about feelings all the time, and Brad does too as an athletic director, he has to deal with that. Talking about our feelings, talking about how we care, talking about how we love love the people close to us, I think it's important. I think the, the one good thing that I really see from this is that I think it can give people a chance to be closer emotionally with each other and talk about their fears, talk about their expectations, and talk about their goals. I mean, do you both agree with that?
1: Well, I, I jump right in on that because it's um, it's um, you, you know have a little bit of the isolation and boy you crave people you crave um, the conversation or um, the emotional support
3: Emily what do you think I would agree
4: with that absolutely once you realize when you know I, I've said from the beginning when you're told to stay home versus choosing to to stay home are very two different mentalities that you have to apply. And so, you know, even my, my experience once this week with being at home, working from home, you know, I'm I, I, the same about you, Ari, Andy. I, I look forward to my day and I get up and have the routine, dogs, et cetera, But then I know where I'm going. I know who I'm going to see. And when that's taken away, you think, okay, I can handle this or Whatever the case is, but you, you quickly realize that social interaction is, is part of what keeps us going every day. We need something to get up go to. We need something to look forward to every day. And so when you were talking about sharing feelings and having these goals, it's, we've got to start to break down our goals to daily goals.
3: Well, we I, think, I think, yeah, yeah and I, I, think, I think this is a great time for that to happen, and it's going to give people an opportunity to do that. Listen, I want to thank you both for joining me this morning. Emily, thanks for sharing your advice and your, your feedback to everybody. If people want to get a hold of you, Emily, how can they reach you?
4: They can call me at my office at
3: 816-977-2840. And I want to thank you for joining us today, Emily Towner. Brad Sweeton. Thank you. People can send you an email. You've mentioned your email. And uh, I want to thank you for coming in. You you are a wonderful man. You give Great advice to kids. You've helped so many kids out. I want to thank you for joining me this morning. This has been a wonderful show. Thank you, Dr. Jacobs. So thank you both.
2: Thank you, Brad.
3: Listen, I want everybody to to know this show is podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. It is podcasted on my website, winnersunlimited.com. It's also on SoundCloud if you type in Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Get people to listen to this. I think this can help some people out. You can get a hold of me at my office, 816-561-5556. My website, Winners Unlimited, send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych. Take care. Be safe. We'll talk to you next week.
0: You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.
3: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
5: Visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal.
7: Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard, she's so young, but I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think?
1: Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.